Hi there, it's Rachel Zabonik-Chanko here for another episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Today's guest is Ani Oksayan, the Vice President of Fitness for Choose. Ani was a panelist on the Recovery and Wellness panel at the 2023 Club Solutions Leadership Retreat, so I invited her on to recap what was discussed, key takeaways and learnings, and best practices for incorporating recovery into a fitness environment. Ani is the best. Enjoy. All right, Ani, it's so good to see you after seeing you at the Club Solutions Leadership Retreat in early September. Thank you so much. Great to see you as well. What yeah. an awesome, awesome event that was. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to hear it. And one of the reasons you were at the event was I actually had asked you to be on our wellness and recovery panel that we had. So I wanted to invite you on to just kind of recap that because I thought that your contributions and the panelists' contributions were just so insightful and innovative. So I thought we could just kind of talk about, you know, what went down there. Oh, absolutely. I would love to. It was, a, you know, definitely a privilege to to be able to participate in that. And, you know, every opportunity that we get and are able to give for for our colleagues to gain and learn and, and uh, you know, see what, see what we're all up to. I'm all about it. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on that recovery panel is that Choose has actually been kind of in the recovery game for some time. You guys have had water massage beds for a while. So can you just, you know, talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the additional recovery offerings you guys have? Yeah, I would love to choose. We've, you know, over time, we've worked to meet um, the needs of our members. And and I could say, you know, that over time, it's been evolving needs. And we've landed on a fairly comprehensive offering right now. It consists of, as you mentioned, the hydro massage beds and the lounge chairs. Um, we do compression boots. We do percussive therapy, It both infrared and traditional saunas. We're doing steam rooms pools and hot tubs, you know, the zero gravity recliners, all the, you know, massage chairs, those, those um, touch ones that feel absolutely amazing. I just want to have every meeting in them. Yes. Um, do, you know, self myofascial release tools, um, body comp scanning. And then, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I even tend to put, you know, smoothie bars and even like wearable heart rate technology, you know, in my opinion is very much part of recovery in that realm. So I think, you know, there's still some really cool things out there that we're sort of testing and haven't quite dove into kind of globally throughout the company. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, this is a, again, fairly comprehensive offering to date. Yeah, certainly. Well, and then one of the reasons that Choose has, you know, always kind of emphasized those recovery offerings is you guys really feel like the average member is becoming more holistic minded, right? This is something that they're wanting. Absolutely. That has trended that way for a while, especially post-pandemic. We're finding ourselves servicing, as you said, a more holistic-minded member. They're coming to us a little savvier. They're very mindful of their um, physical, mental, and emotional health. And they really require us as their chosen fitness club to help them address wellness in all of these areas. So, you know, they they come in and um they do two things, uh, both reward themselves with recovery amenities after, you know, a quote unquote hard workout, and also potentially even occasionally come in for recovery only, and really acknowledging that their option for wellness for that day is self care. 
and that's what they've chosen and it's perfectly acceptable. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the top takeaways from the panel is that I think in the past, the fitness industry has really reviewed recovery as completely separate. Whereas, you know, now it's just kind of like, it has to be incorporated. It has to be an option. It's something that people, you know, like you said, it's self-care. It's a part of the whole well-being of a person and not just an afterthought. Absolutely. And with that comes the need to remove some of the stigma, you know, about being able to use recovery in both ways that you don't have to have this like hardcore pumping workout to be able to take care of yourself in other ways. And, and you don't have to work out hard to reward yourself necessarily. You know, I think some members are still potentially working through kind of, if I could say the guilt of doing something frivolous, what they still consider frivolous. And they're still kind of coming around um, with the idea that that recovery is a, is a great use of their time um, in, and it, it's a precious use of their time in the gym. Because of numerous factors, I think we're seeing more and more and more members coming around to that idea. So- Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've talked too in the past about post pandemic, like you're seeing, you know, a rise in strength training and hard workouts. So that even further emphasizes the need for recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in addition to that, at this time, you know, we're exploring the idea of active recovery. So we're kind of looking at movement that is potentially less intense than an average workout, um, maybe consisting of low to moderate intensity movement, you know, because on one hand, we've got 80% of our population in a space where movement, what we, we might consider, you know, moderate movement is not even an option and they don't necessarily feel well enough to work out in a gym space. So we have to, in some way, get this population's attention and get them into the facility, no matter what they're using, no judgment here, you know, come in, use the more passive modalities, begin to feel better, and then hopefully transition into other services that, that focus on, you know, more strenuous body movement. Yeah. No, I think it's really exciting because I think the fitness industry has for some time kind of tried to get into that other 80% of the population that isn't a member. And this just seems like the perfect opportunity to to do so. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do you feel the recovery trend is headed? Any future predictions? You know, I'm thinking about a few things in recovery. I think I've shared with you that I'm I'm still really interested in in watching cryo because I've been looking at cryo for so long. We as an organization have. It's been around for for some time and it's really been fairly recently that it's grown in in the popularity that it is at now, but it's not been easily implemented as an option for health clubs couple of reasons, um, obviously the tremendous cost and then the staffing and labor associated with the service. But at this time, we're testing more localized cryotherapy beds. Really think that that could prove to be a good option for, for operators who want to both expand their recovery offerings and establish themselves as a one-stop shop but also have, you know, potentially cost prohibitive or labor, you know, considerations when looking at cryo. So definitely interested there. Definitely 
interested in, you know, the red light therapy, similar benefits to cryo. So I think that's great. We're looking at meditation pods. So that's kind of exciting. And then, you know, another thing that I've been thinking about, and I feel like we touched upon it in the panel is, is really looking at the term recovery, you know, and really exploring how we might either expand on the explanation of what that means, or just maybe even look at different terms in calling this a tremendously important aspect of, of fitness and wellness currently. So yeah, that's just, you know, we're just playing around with some terms and and seeing what feels good and what really fits. Yeah, because that was something that we had discussed was that recovery in some ways kind of has a negative connotation. It can. Yes. Yeah. Or even just just a, an inaccurate connotation yeah. to some <laughs> people. Yes, you're right. So, you know, trying to th- trying to explore ways to get people thinking more wellness as opposed to I have to have done something hard and or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Negative in a way and then recover from that or come back from that. So we want to get people away from thinking in that kind of any kind of negative connotation. For sure. Well, one of the other things I wanted to get into with you is just, you know, monetizing these offerings and just getting into tips for other operators on how they can package things. Could you provide some insight there? Sure. Absolutely. So choose, you know, we're HVLP. So high value, low price, and uh, we bundle all of our recovery options in, in our two highest levels of membership. And we acknowledge that it's these valuable premium services that draw members to our higher and more comprehensive tiers. So in order to kind of draw attention to that and sort of elevate it, we create amazing spaces for our recovery to exist. And whenever possible, we have actual recovery studios in our new clubs. They're kind of private access controlled. And if I could say like Oasis style spaces, kind of without the hustle bustle of the distractions of the gym floor. So the aesthetic is different. The vibe is different. A member can just fully devote themselves to tranquility uh, while utilizing the uh, whatever service they're going to to be using in that space. And it really adds to the perceived value and can help promote the idea that recovery and wellness is a state of mind. So it's just all going into, again, a, a tier of membership. And then we're also just sort of trying to draw attention to recovery by, in certain cases, adding some modalities like, for example, compression, um, maybe percussion into some of our strength spaces. So they can use, members can use certain limited amenities, kind of maybe in between sets of, you know, whatever they're doing on a rack or with their dumbbells, they can, you know, get in and, and do a couple things um, and then perhaps be intrigued to explore additional features and then end up upgrading a membership for full access. That's a great um, idea. Yeah, I think in in this context too, um, it's probably, you know, it's important to mention that again, for an HVLP model like Choose Fitness, 
while we're investing in the recovery space, we're also really careful to identify what amenities are compatible with volume. So, you know, a crucial priority with that is that any amenity we're moving forward with really needs to be autonomous use, easy to use, you know, it cannot be kind of like a a labor driven kind of amenity. So, yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, All right. Well, I think you've provided some really great insights and tips on recovery as a trend. Is there anything else that just maybe came from the panel or anything else that you'd like to share on this topic? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that one thing that I feel like all of the panelists touched on was education and really using that as an opportunity. I think there's still such a great deal of confusion about kind of the how, what's, when's of recovery. We really need to provide guidance on what modalities best serve what clients and their needs, how to use the modalities, when to use them, you know, if it's before, after, instead of a particular thing they're doing. And then I I feel like we all agreed on the why, you know, in terms of what results are we aiming for? What's the goal? Are we using a product or service to achieve body repair? Or are we really wanting to focus on other mental and emotional based results? I I think we owe our members the information to make the right choices, allowing them to kind of prioritize their overall well-being, prevent injury, promote the use of appropriate recovery services and and keep them coming back to the facility to continue enhancing their health. You know, really addressing, like I said before, kind of that guilt or confusion about recovery by addressing who is this for? Is it just for an athlete? Like, again, do I have to have done this like crazy, you know, heart pump and workout to, to allow this and, and really, you know, driving home the point that it's no longer exclusively for a hardcore athlete. And, and that in itself allows us to really draw in a greater portion of our gym community. Yeah. So that was, that was a big takeaway for me. Yeah. Important to note. Yeah. And then not just education of members, but education of staff too on, on these offerings and their benefits so that they can then communicate that to the member. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You're go- I, I think regardless, we're going to have a lot more people interested in this. And the more our team and our staff is able to kind of clearly communicate the whys and, and then all of the other, you know, important information related to recovery, I think we're going to be doing our members a great service. It's people are really shifting their reasons for exercising from looking better to feeling better. And we have an obligation as fitness professionals to encourage and champion that shift of thinking. So, you know, again, we, we talked in the panel about, you know, having fought a really hard fight during the pandemic to demonstrate the need of preventive health. So now we have a responsibility to, to provide members with whatever is in our power to make that accessible, whether it's education or the actual amenities, you know, all all of the things. So, yeah, certainly. Awesome. Well, Ani, I'm excited to see where the recovery trend is headed. And I really appreciate you coming out of the podcast to just share your point of view. Thank you so much, Rachel. Always, always a pleasure to speak with you and glad we were able to chat about this. 